You're listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod with Kyle Rush, Ben Taylor, and Nate Pass. What's up, everybody? We're back again. It's episode 36 of the Dad Bod Golf Pod. We got Kyle, Nate, Ben back again, and a special guest, former Auburn Tigers associate head coach, Corey Magger. What's up, Corey? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on the uh, Dad Bod Golf Pod. I went and found a Schmedium t-shirt to wear to show <laughs> off my Dad Bod. Yes. There you go. As we record this one today. That is awesome, man. <laughs> well, we appreciate you taking time out to join us. Um, uh, we interviewed uh, – one of your players recently and uh, thought that you would be another great, uh, a great guest and to teach guys like us who are just, uh, we just play golf. We don't know a whole lot of the, we're not super in the golf industry. We don't know a whole lot of the inner workings of how all this stuff works. And it's fun to have guys like you come on and just kind of uh, learn us a few things. So to speak. add some legitimacy to our, um, yes, yes. To our show. Absolutely. Well, that, that's part of it, guys. Uh, yeah, I think if you knew a little bit more, maybe it wouldn't be as fun out there on the link. So uh, that's the biggest thing. I, I love that so many people are, are touched by this game and get out and have a blast with it. And we can have shows like this that, that draw people in from, from all walks of life. So appreciate you having me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, Corey, um, tell us about how you kind of got into golf uh, growing up and then you know how you got into you know you played college golf got into coaching this that and the other kind of walk us through that journey of how how you how it was for you kind of getting getting your feet wet getting into golf falling in love with it and this that and the other and and we'll kind of just move through that into where you are today yeah um, maybe a little bit of a unique story for me uh, but grew up in Kentucky and played basketball growing up as well as golf and sure. you know I think they kick you out of that state unless you play some basketball growing up that's just kind yeah. of how it is <laughs> that's but, what we've but, heard. Um, yeah and so a um, little smaller town south of Lexington and you know uh, really just ended up making a connection with the head coach at Transylvania University I was an okay player um you know, qualified for the state championship every year, was pretty good on local team. At that time, didn't quite know exactly how many great players were out there across the country and, uh, you know, globally as well. But um, ended up at, at, in Lexington at Transylvania University, played every tournament, was on a great team there. Um, you know, and that's where I think my passion for golf really took off. You know, I was stepping away from kind of playing two sports growing up, playing even more sports than that when I was even younger. Um but then, so right after graduation, got into a facility there in, in Lexington where we had seven PGA pros teaching, just a, a big facility, had a great chance to learn from a lot of people. It was 2008, so the golf fitness world was taken off because everybody yes. saw what Tiger was doing, what he did oh, in the gym. Yeah. Um, so I, I helped kind of start a golf fitness program there. I'm doing some lessons. I've got junior clinics. I've got ladies clinics. I've got all this stuff going on. Um, just try to be a sponge and learn as much as I can. And, and that's where it kind of made some sense with everything I was doing um, to kind of take that into coaching because you need to kind of have a, a little bit of expertise in a lot of different areas to help these players. So um, 
I was fortunate at 24 years old. I was hired to be the head coach at Guilford College in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'd played against Guilford. They had won some national championships at the Division Three level. Nice program. Uh, great history there. Uh, I go and visit and uh, facilities for, for, for that level were, were great. And, and they're very supportive uh, of golf. You know, they wanted that uh, that rich history to be carried on forward. So um, I get the head job at 24. So I'm paying 10 extra dollars a day for a rental car because I'm not yet 25 as I'm traveling with the team. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, but it, it was good. It was, you know, I had some guys that were seniors that were pretty close to me in age. So that's a, that's an interesting dynamic, dynamic uh, yeah. to, to be calling the shots when, when it's basically like one of your buddies there. So um but had a great run in, in Greensboro, uh, had national player of the year, got it, won the Nicholas award. So went up to Mirfield and wow. had the ceremony with, with Jack. And that was a lot of fun. And, uh, my last year there had the Phil Mickelson award winner for division three, which is the top freshman of the year. And, um, each summer I was fortunate to cross paths with the Wake Forest staff and work the, work the golf camps. Um, so, wow. you know, a lot of my, we had some kids that would fly into Greensboro. I'd pick them up, take them over to camp, uh, Jerry Haas. And then at that time, Dan Walters was the assistant. So fast forward a little bit, head coach at Auburn, Nick Kleiner, alma mater is Wake Forest. So Evan Osteen is his assistant that came with him from UCF. He takes the job ironically with Titleist. Um, and we'll get to that later, but, uh, the opening is there and my, I can remember being in the gym. This was before I embraced the, the dad bod as much, but, uh, <laughs> I get a call from, from the Wake Forest staff saying, Hey, I think there's an opening that would be good for you. And I think in return, they called Nick and kind of said the same thing. And, uh, you know, came down to Auburn, met with Nick and, and we started getting to know each other a little bit. And truthfully, it's, like I, I tell the players, um, pay attention to kind of who you meet. It, it is all about who you know, and sometimes sure. the phone rings, and um, it didn't stop there. And uh, seven years later, after after being at Auburn, um, phone rang from the title of staff, and uh, that has been that has been the uh, the newest chapter in my life. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, like I said, you you had a very successful career as a head coach at. Guilford uh, in Greensboro I think y'all won like you were there for like four or five years you won the conference title like every single year if I'm not yeah correct. I did yeah, that was one thing I, that was hard and fast like there's one thing we're not going to do is is leave this to chance uh by not getting our automatic you know very much like basketball you win the conference you get your automatic ticket to the big dance right so exactly that we can control guys we're going to make sure we do that and we were we were four for four there and um had some some great young men that I still text and, and occasionally catch up on the phone with today, but that was a, a good run. And, um, you know, some great learning opportunities for me too. I look back as a, as a young coach and laugh at maybe some of the decisions I make, but we probably all do as we look back at it. For sure. For sure. Um, I think one of the things that we really wanted to dive into is, um, and especially after speaking with Yovan is recruiting. Um, and, mm-hmm how that has evolved and um, if you have any recruiting stories like how you go about finding kids like how do you find a kid from South Africa to come over and break the scoring record at Auburn like uh, how do you find kids like this Um, and just kind of walk us through that because 
Um, Auburn, you know, being in Auburn, football's big. We follow football recruiting. Well, you guys recruit too. So we want to know kind of how that whole process works. And if if you could touch on the difference between recruiting for a, a D3 school in North Carolina at Guilford and how, yes. I don't know if it is different than like a, a an SEC school, you know, where – um, oh, yeah. just the, the, yeah, the different approaches that you took as a 24 year old head coach in a D three school versus a SEC school down the South. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going back to, to when I first started, um, as a head coach at, and, and Guilford was, was great and, and I'd be out there. And I think the biggest thing was selling, you got to realize what, what is the product? What is it that you have to offer? And, you know, I was, constantly looking at players we kind of looked at a little bit as as division one syndrome at that time and guys they were just determined to go division one one way or the other and and really trying to have them understand they may be walking on they may be going to a team as maybe a walk-on or something that that had 12 players and just having them realistically look are you going to play a lot there or you can come here and play for for me and play for us and we have a chance to win a national championship it may not be a division one national championship but we are going to have a postseason every year. You can guarantee it versus maybe some of the schools they're looking at. So that was always a, a challenge for me. I stayed a little bit more local. Um, most of those players wanted a, a decent driving radius to get home, wasn't able to go nationally. The brand wasn't there nationally to go all over. But um, I had some players that bought into the team and, hey, I want to win a championship regardless of where it's at. And that, that was really kind of the approach we took. And I think just the you know, the relationship I was able to build with some of those players was, was one of the key things to sell. Now you go to Auburn, you can recruit anywhere and anywhere you want to go. Um, and, you know, before you were just kind of hoping, you know, at that time when I was in North Carolina, you were just kind of hoping maybe the Charlottes of the world or East Carolina didn't walk onto the scene and take your player. Well, now at Auburn, there's nobody that walks on the scene that you don't feel like you can't go toe to toe with and, and get a player to come there. So uh, it, it unlocked all the doors, all the gates, uh, go after who you want to go after. And you end up, you know, players like Yvonne Rabula, who's that we've had some great ones at Auburn, but he's got to be right up there near the top of all time players. Um, you know, we, we've had players that, are in the top five. I know we get into the football and there's so many more rankings and stars and all this. We we've had some, some real five stars, um, some McDonald's all Americans on, on the golf side. And that's just what you're able to do at Auburn. You're able to go get those guys, whether they're in South Florida, um, you know, whether they're even on the, on the West coast, uh, you know, Nick's got some commitments from, from all over. So, um, and some guys on the team. So it, it's, it was a lot of fun and it was competitive. I mean, these are, these are players that have their, their choice to go anywhere they want to go. But uh, again, it comes down to having a relationship with them, making sure that, you know, they know you're going to be there with them for four years. I think that was the biggest thing that got me into coaching from the beginning was these guys at 17 to 22 years old, they're, they're trying to figure out who they are. Like they they act cool. They act tough, but Deep down, like they don't know who they are, what you know exactly they stand for yet. So you just get a chance as a coach to just try to be a good example every day. Just try to do the right things, um, be there for them. You don't always get the X's and O's right, but I think that at the end of it, they're grateful to have somebody to just look up to, even if you don't think they're watching you. They they really are. So right. um, 
yeah, that was, that was the same thing we carried over to Auburn. Just, just understand those guys were going to get better at golf. But as you guys sat down with Yvonne Rabula, I mean, what a great young man. And, and I just, you know, if, if we only added just a small percentage to, to his character there, hopefully we did just by being good examples over his, you know, five years at Auburn. So right. what were kind some of the, oh, I'm go, sorry, ahead. go ahead, Ben. Uh, what, like, you know, it seems almost overwhelming when you, when you unlock the entire country plus internationals, right? I mean, Jovan was in South Africa. What kind of tools, I mean, I, I know there's rankings available um, just like there is in football, but I mean, if you want to start going after guys in, in California, Arizona, South Africa, you know, what are the tools that you guys are using just because you're, you basically, like you said, you have access to every high school golfer in America, um, How do you locate them? That, yeah, that seems that seems so. It seems overwhelming. Well, I'll be honest. It's, it's probably a little bit easier in our sport than others because we can go strictly by scores. We can look at results. We can see how they stack up. Uh, you know, it, it's not a matter of who's passing somebody the ball or is the coach giving them adequate playing time or this or that. You'd be shocked in our sport. Uh, a lot of times, we don't even. It, it takes us a while to come up with which high school they're even at because. Or, or we may not know off the top of our head because they play so much individually in the summers kind of on their own name that um, that really we don't have to go through the schools as much. We can kind of go directly to them. We see, you know, we have a lot of ranking systems. We see that they're the second best player in the state or they're the 13th best player in the entire country in their class. That's pretty easy. And then from there, you got to decide, like, you just, you just got to have a right fit. You know, we, we have four and a half scholarships um, in division one versus you look at a football team, you know, that, that, that's much more than that. Right. So we have to bat and we only have five players out there in the posting. We have to bat a very high percentage. So then you got to dig into doing your homework with the back channels of people that aren't always just going to sing their praises, but make sure they're a right fit for your program. Make sure they do the right things and, and they're going to be a good fit for what you're doing. So that's probably the most challenging part. I think the initial identification, you know, now with social media and Instagram, uh, so many golfers at a young age will post their swing. Uh, they'll, they'll post some stuff. So you're able to kind of get your eyes on them a little bit, even without being in person. Uh, but then you just, the hardest part is, is digging through and, and the character stuff and making sure it's the right fit. Um, because you, you, you only have that small amount of scholarships. So you want to make sure you don't have a lot of room to, to mess things up year after year. So, um, high character kids that work hard, you guys are in the community. They got to understand that sports are big there and, and that what they do off the course is, is important as well. So, um, that's the, that's the biggest thing is, is turning over all those stones. Does this, does it help the university itself being successful as a whole? Um, because I mean, like Yovan said, I mean, he can't, he's a little different story, but when he shows up and he sees the stadium, I mean, he saw like he said, he's, he's seen soccer stadiums like that, but you know, I would think some of these kids that especially the internationals that get here and Yovan, it sticks out in my mind. Cause he talked about like seeing the trucks that people drove, like everything being bigger, um, the wide-eyed, bushy-tailed guys, but like when they're able to see a successful program, because I've noticed Oklahoma State's, the Auburns, the Alabamas, like it's the same guys that are in, you know, winning conference tournaments and showing up in the NCAA's each and every year. Um, I mean, you got some outliers that come in every now and then, but it seems like it's success builds upon success. No doubt about it, and you know, in in athletic or even you know in, in golf we're 
our success is definitely influenced by what the rest of the athletic department doing and, and even the university. Um, no doubt. It, it wasn't a lot of fun recruiting against Alabama golf when football is doing what they're doing every Saturday, you know, and you got Nick Saban covering every uh, sports outlet going. And so um, we're like, why couldn't that be anywhere else other than our, our tribal? So, but you know, I, I think when, when everybody's rolling in the athletic department, it, it it's great. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, and I'll, you know, we had a young man that, and I'll, I'll, um, uh, just kind of give you a little bit of a, a glimpse on some of these visits. He, a uh, young man from Sweden, really good player. It turned out he, he actually left early and turned pro, but still a really good player. But, uh, at that time he was a junior Ryder Cupper, um, just, just an elite level player, won the British boys, which is like winning the U S junior here. Um, wow. And he came over and he came over during an iron bowl and, you know, just to, to be able to have that and then to pull off a, a victory, you know, just some of those things. Um, it's just about timing and about some of the other things that, that the athletic department's doing. So, um, you know, that we all are, are kind of one big team. And so we're, we're pulling for everybody to have a lot of success because it actually makes, you know, I still say we a lot, but uh, you know, it, it, it makes us look a little better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so while you're at Auburn, I'm, I know you guys, um, I've always wanted to know this. So you guys play crazy courses all the time, like awesome courses. Do when you're there for like, uh, when you get there early and do your practice stuff, do you ever get to play much? Did you ever get to play much with the guys or is it mostly just, um, you kind of just have to sit and watch and just like, Oh, wish I could get out there. You know, <laughs> do you get to, do you get to play? Do you ever get to play much with the guys? That's a, that's a good question. And that's something that, um, you know, I, I, I've just gotten into a new chapter here and, and we'll, we'll get to that. But, uh, it's something that I didn't do a lot of in Auburn. I don't know if it was, um, you know, at home, I, I probably could have, when we get on the road, just, you know, it's strictly kind of business with trying to right. learn the golf course as fast as we can and the conditions and, and try to have some sort of, uh, strategy there, but I probably could have done a little bit more at home, but, uh, you guys have seen the facility there and, uh, it is a great spot. And I almost felt bad if I were taking my own time, like drive past some of my guys, go take my own time to go play when I could be there with them, just even just catching up and just kind of yeah. you know, shooting the bull with them talking and, and kind of building a relationship. So I actually kind of fell into not playing very much at all. Now, occasionally some of those trips were, were not tournament based. We were able to go to, and I would, I would dust off the clubs for those. We played some pretty sweet spots, but you know, I was averaging two or three, maybe four rounds a year uh, playing oh, golf. Wow. So it wasn't much. Um, it wasn't much at all. But I, I'll admit, I, I've played here locally. I'm in Texas now. And uh, I have played, I didn't play this past weekend, but I played each of the two Saturdays before that. So um, I'm already off to a, a hot start. Hot here start. New nice. I'm playing. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, weekend so, warrior um, status. Yep. Yep. Want to want to get back in there and um you know, get into a little bit of a, a routine because I, I do miss that side a little bit, but, uh, you know, it just, it was a different feel there. You, I, with those players being there, having access 24, I felt like I could do something with one of the guys every single day if I right. wanted to. So, um, yeah, that was something that definitely want to get back into it a little bit more. I enjoyed Kyle hearing your story about competing in some of the, uh, the club events, but buddy, you know, I have this, this vision of, of possibly getting back into that one day for me. So, uh, looking hey. forward to that. I may kick my dad out if you want to join, be my I was member. Say, well, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah there's a lucrative, be it be a lucrative business for you. Yeah. <laughs> be a traveling member. We'll yeah, that would be huge. You go ahead and get go. that. Uh, that, that if you'll get that membership, that out of town membership, so you can take Buddy's yeah. name off of the the plaque. There yeah, we go. He's, he's go. got the two yeah. car spots. So got to need two parking spots anyway. So <laughs> no, uh, he, he'll tell you. He told us the other one's for lease. If you're if you're interested, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to yeah. have two. He only needs one. Right, right. So I got actually, uh, Corey. I got I got a little text message, so I got to ask you about it. So apparently, when you all went on when y'all went on some of these golf trips, you talked about where it wasn't necessarily to play uh, for tournaments, but just kind of play. TPC Sawgrass was a uh, was one of the courses you got to play. Uh, is, that, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I know where this one's going. So I know I, <laughs> yes. I didn't. I, this is a mistake. So I didn't play. Um, I didn't play that round. Let's see, we were, I think we were on our way to play a tournament, but it was uh, that tournament in at Sawgrass Country Club was always at the back end of spring break. So right. we always had a few days beforehand to kind of make our way there. And um, one of the guys actually coached me up at the end and he, he should have told me this earlier, but uh, so of course I'm going around with the guys and we're, you know, they got a little match going and trash talking. Well, then you get to 17, you get to the Island green and it's like, all right, here you go. Here's here's nine iron. Here's wedge. Whatever. Cold right out of there. Yeah. Lay the side. It flies maybe three quarters of the way to the to the green. Oh no. So, and then one of the guys like coach. He's like, you knew you were gonna hit a shot. He's like, you should have been grabbing my club back on about fourteen, hitting a few shots, kind of getting warmed up. I'm like, you know what? That's the coach in me should have thought about that then too. <laughs> right, but, right. Uh, Preparation. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Should have hit a few going. So that that's one. Uh, I'm going to get back to TPC and redeem myself on on the 70s on the Island Green. But those <laughs> those trips are are a blast. You know, just uh, I think you you get you know you've got some significant kind of van time with the guys. Uh, right. And I, I think that's the biggest thing I miss is is just some of those van rides, just chatting with the guys and um you know just getting a little inside scoop into their life and then they, they kind of open up and just ask a bunch of questions and at the end they're like ah now i see why you and coach kind of do what you do that makes a lot more sense so those <laughs> are awesome. those are uh those are some of my favorite things that i miss but yeah trips like that are, are an absolute blast those That's guys awesome. sound they sound brutal man they didn't give you a breakfast ball and they uh they waited oh, till no, 17 no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah, this is this is the highest level. They're not going to cut you any <laughs> slack, man. They're going to throw you right out there, and you're going to get somebody else's club, and, and you're not going to live it down. If, if you catch it a little heavy, and it only goes about, uh, I think, a 135-yard shot, and it only traveled about 100. So uh, that's <laughs> Ooh, not going to get it done. So. That's great. That's great. Shout out to jo- uh, Yovan for that. Last oh, month. thanks, Joe. Yeah, yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he hadn't forgotten that. <laughs> no, you'll, be, so, you'll be hearing that t- 20 years from now. That's, yeah. that's like when they yeah, put so the caddy. Now I got to get them back together and we got to have a redemption. Yeah. You right. Now you're Web playing. Redemption. Now you're playing. You can go take them down. That's all. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, now, yeah, now you've, yeah, four rounds a I year. Got two round, I got two rounds under my belt now. So we're, we're, we're back cruising. That's, that's, go. That's awesome. So you have uh, your associate head coach at Auburn. Um, you have, you know, SEC championships. You get to the NCAA, um, the match play uh, in 2018. You get basically one team away. You run into the buzzsaw of Oklahoma State, possibly the How greatest. How good was that team? Yeah. Possibly the greatest yeah, team good. 
in college history with Victor Hovland and Matthew Wolf on the same squad. And there were some other dudes. And you got to play them on their home court. And you got to play yeah, them yeah, where they literally play every single round of every day. Every yeah, day. We, every just, we discussed that a little bit on what the, the, um, the pod that's airing, airing today. This, this one, of course, that we're recording will air tomorrow. Um, how, how did they draw that? How unfair is that? That all of you guys have to go to Stillwater and play there. I mean, it'd be nice if you got, if like, Auburn got a chance to play yeah. host every year to the you know, club, to the finals yeah. at the AU club or, or it just, just it just doesn't out, seem though. fair. Like just it lucked out that time. Yeah, that's um, you know you run into a couple more challenges now with venues and not to take anything away from the venues that are there now um, because the TV's involved and mm-hmm. the so the ladies are always on the front end now. So now you're asking a golf course to give up their golf course for two weeks before, yeah. before we went to television, the women would play a location. The men would play another. So you could have two locations that were originally given their course up for a week from their members or whatever. Now you're asking them for two, the Rivieras of the world. That is a, that is a very hard ask. For sure. So um, Karsten Creek is, you know, that is a, a university course, but one of the best ones out there. Um, of course, the strong history, especially on the men's side, but even on the women's side. So they were, they were eager to step up to the plate, offer that course for two weeks, make sure it was in championship condition, which it was no doubt. It, it was, it was able to separate the teams. Um, it's just when, when you play a group like that on that golf course and they can just push it in match play, you just feel like you slowly get suffocated. I mean, the equivalent at the, let's go to the AU club and imagine being on number five, uh, and our guys just turn driver over and hit it over the left side of the creek every day, and you think you're making the smart play, and we're up there with a wedge, and then you're back there with a with a six iron every day. That's hard to hard to that happens almost hole after hole after hole at Carson Creek because they're so comfortable with all the lines out there that it, it's hard to beat a team like that in match play. And for us sure. to get two of the points and only need one more, uh, I was super proud of that group. That was that was a pretty gutsy effort. Um, Absolutely, one of the best college teams it's of only, all time. Only team to get a point. What uh, Dilvon was saying. I, yeah, I think um, you know. I know the next day uh, they they swept Alabama five zero, and um, you know just really? a, a buzzsaw of a team. And, and then the, the day previously, uh, we took out Oklahoma that morning. And, um, yeah, I don't recall any – I don't recall exactly who they play, but I don't recall them getting a point either. Um, but rightfully so. That, that team was loaded. Um, even some of the guys that are on that team that haven't won on tour yet, I wouldn't be surprised to see them win. And right. then you throw them on their home course. It's, uh, it's that's tough. a tough draw. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. That's just tough luck, man. Tough well, we luck. did the uh, – on the previous pod we did uh, because of the it being the finals and the, and the, and the, the final 30 – you know, one in, one out, and that's what I told the guys is Hovland because of them cheating and playing their home course and winning the <laughs> national title. He was my one out, so he got kicked yeah. out just for being uh, Oklahoma State uh, cowboy. So that, that yeah. sucks for him. I hate it for him. But that's the whole reason he get kicked out. We'll slowly get him back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure he's real affected by that uh, yeah. today. Sure, while yeah. he's, it hurts. While he's teeing it up. If you're a one out on the dad bod golf pod, that, that cuts deep. That cuts That's deep. right. Yep. <laughs> so, so we, so we go through, we go, you have win championships at Auburn and then hold, hold on before you get to that, right. Kyle, we got, got to get him to walk us through beating Alabama in the SEC season, a walk-off putt that I, the first time since it's been televised, first time I've ever seen that 
ever. Like what's going through the team's mind? What's, you know, when I forgot which player's the one that made the final putt, I thought it was hilarious. That not only did he walk it in, he basically called a shot while it was halfway there and started kind of uh, lifting the putter up, pulling the, pulling the tiger and, and uh, letting everybody know, Hey, it's going in. Right. I'll, I'll give you a little backstory here. Um, Uh-oh. and no, just, it's, it's, it's incredible. And, and I almost, uh, as I think back to that day can, can kind of get choked up, think about it because it was so, it was so clutch and it was, it was like this plan. So we we're meeting with, um, he doesn't know this, but he, if he listens to the podcast, he's going to know now, but, um, <laughs> so we kind of, we kind of have our, we kind of have our group of older guys at that point. I think Yvonne is only a, a sophomore, but we just had this young group of freshmen come in. Um, Brandon Mancheno is in the lineup and wealth pageants right there on the lineup. And, um, you know, they're freshmen and there's always kind of ups and downs that season, but we, we kind of bring Trace Crow in the office and Yvonne and, um, uh, let's see, probably trying to think of, of may have just been those two guys and two pretty mature guys. And, you know, Wells has, has played some good golf and, and, and we're kind of right there on who we should put in the lineup. And, and those two guys didn't miss a beat. And they said, we've got to have Wells pageant in the lineup this week. The guy's clutch and no matter what we need out of him, he'll give it to us. And wow. um, we, we fast forward, we're, we're playing Alabama. Um, and I think where I'm on, I fall back. So we put Wells in the anchor match, the last match. So if it comes down to the only people on the golf course, it's going to be him. And uh, so I fall back to him on 15, let's see. Yeah, 15 green. And he cozies one up there for a two putt to about two and a half feet. He's not given the putt by the Alabama player. And so oh. – uh, he kind of pours that in and he looked over at me. He's like, are you kidding me? And it just kind of lit his fire a little bit. And, uh, so we're going on and we kind of back and forth. The kid makes an incredible, you know, we're about to close him out on 17. The kid hits a, you know, basically a six or five iron to about a foot and a half from Alabama on 17 to extend the match. It was impressive. Um, then we get to 18 and I'm walking with Wells pageant. He's a freshman from Wichita, Kansas at the, at the time. And uh, I just saw this same rules official recently this year. And we, we talked about this story. So um, at, at this point, the match is back to all square. And the, uh, the rules officials were walking from the tee shot to the fairway. And he says to Wells Padgett, he said, uh, do you want to know what the playoff procedure is um, in the event of a tie? And Wells does not miss a beat. He turns to the rules official and he says, that's not going to be necessary. I'm going to end it right here. And <laughs> yeah. And, and so he hits it to 20 feet. It's a downhill slider moving a little right to left. Um, you know, it, it would be the equivalent to that front pin on AU club when you're kind of towards the middle of the green, not the easiest putt in the world. No. And uh, you know, that TV camera is up high, just like it is, at, at, you know, at, at the telecast and you can't see how much slope is really there. And, uh, sure enough, he, uh, I've watched it a hundred times. That ball is <laughs> six feet out and he peels out of there and starts walking towards us and it drops. And 
you know, I thought at that time, I thought there was way more people on the green than there was. As I look at the video, there was only about 10 or 12 of us running around there, but it felt like, it felt like the iron bowl uh, down the field <laughs> at the time. But uh, that was an awesome moment. Uh, we, we walk into the clubhouse. They have a, they have kind of a champion's lunch for you because you play early that morning to, to right. get on TV. And uh, we come back and roll tumors that afternoon. And that's a day I'll, I'll never forget that, that drive from back from sea Island to Auburn is, is five hours. And it felt right. like it took us uh, 45 minutes. It was just, uh, riding high. So it was, it was a blast. That's, I think, uh, was that a, a Saturday or Sunday, Corey? Sunday morning. Yeah. So that it was is. our, I was our member guest, I believe. Um, yeah. And we were in between matches and member guest, and it's on the TV. And so you got guys who are, you know, already nine holes and, and 10 beers in. And um, <laughs> just the whole AU Club Pavilion just went absolutely nuts. It was awesome. I think that, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. And that honestly, like, that's one of that story. Uh, Jimmy and Brooks, I think, were telling us, like, everybody ended up in the pavilion watching and just erupting. And uh, like, that's that's a, a proud moment for me that, you know, the golf team could have that impact on the, on the community and, and, you know, kind of give them some, some excitement on a, on a middle of the Sunday. So uh, yes. really cool moment. That's what being in Auburn is. That's what makes it great. So a lot I of, I think I retweeted morning. like every day for a full week, just, to, just, <laughs> oh, yeah. just, just some, awesome. my, just some of my buddies that uh, either went to Tuscaloosa or grew up fans uh, just so them following me would be able to see, just, just a little, another little dagger each and every it's day. Golf's like, a, it's golf's equivalent of the kick six. I mean, it is just an absolute dagger, just right. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. So, which makes it even better, by the way, that on the way down that he tells the official, "There's no need." <laughs> end it right I mean, here. Nobody right knows here. that story. Yeah, he said, That's "Don't epic. even waste your breath. It's not needed. I'm going to end it right here." That's epic. that is uh, awesome. I'm a big Wells yeah. Padgett fan right now. Yeah, big yes. Wells Padgett guy. <laughs> So you win championships at Auburn, and then Mama, what I which I, it has to be called Mama, is the the mother of the, all golf brands comes calling. And uh, tell us about how that started, and um, you know what you're doing now for Titleist or uh, whatever the 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 parent company is called. I think it's called a Cush. Is it a Cushnet? Yep. Is that correct? Cushnet. Yep. Are we yeah. are we saying that correctly? Because we were saying it yeah. before you came on. Okay. Yeah. We tried to do a little uh, a Cushnet. Yeah, at Christian Massachusetts is the uh, the home of where the the company was founded, and so yeah, we, we've got a few different brands, but but I, I'm pretty much strictly in the the Titleist sector. Um, obviously, we deal a little bit with FootJoy on on some of the clothing and the, the footwear, but uh, and then we kind of we have a couple other little little areas that do belts, and you know we do some um some outerwear that's a little different but mostly my world is is the title of golf clubs which overlaps a little bit with the with the golf ball so um but yeah it's it's uh a great company that that's been uh really supportive of what we did at auburn you know we had a lot of players that were were in titleist equipment um and just the the people they had guys like myself now that would come by campus and just make sure our guys were were fit how they needed to be make sure everything was because as these players are getting stronger they're in the gym um they're working with their swing instructors they're working with nick and myself they're making improvements getting more efficient with that your your clubs change a little bit so having the titleist what we're called is 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 the next generation team uh because we basically service that next generation of tour players 
And those guys would come by and, and just make sure our guys were up to speed on, on any tweaks we needed to make and, and make sure they, their equipment was at least set up for them to, to succeed at the highest level. And so I ended up with a, a pretty good relationship with those guys. And, uh, you know, just, I just, I got a sitting on the couch. This is kind of like, it, as we go back to the coming to Auburn story, my phone rings and, you know, you get those calls. Sometimes you have the, the contact in your phone, but it's just not one that rings that often. And so, you know, they need something and, and sitting on the couch and sure enough, uh, you know, they say, Hey, I just wanted to have a conversation with you, maybe grab dinner and, and talk about an opportunity. And I went and listened and chewed on it for a while. And, and part of it would be coming to Dallas, Texas, um, and really kind of looking after a lot of the players in this radius. It's a lot of the big 12 schools, um, which soon to be some SEC schools. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that, that golf conference will be unbelievable um, after, after that. But, uh, it, but still being in Dallas, the, the, one of the main things is you can get East Coast, West Coast pretty quickly by being here in the middle. So uh, travel quite a bit. We've got – guys on our team that are uh, two guys that are out in San Diego at TPI and Oceanside. Um, one of our, our head guys is, is in Scottsdale. I'm here in Dallas. The guy that, that's in Dallas now with me is getting ready to relocate to Jupiter, Florida, which is what kind of caused the, the opening here. Um, then we have uh, a guy in Atlanta and a guy in Pinehurst. We've kind of got a lot of the hotbeds around kind of the southern brim covered um, because we're, we're trying to get to know these players after they commit to colleges, get to know them, make sure their service from an equipment standpoint fit into our, our new stuff, stuff that can help them play at the highest level, work with them through college, and basically get them in a position where we're ready to hand them off to the guys that we have on the corn Ferry staff and the PGA tour staff. So at the same time, some of the guys on our team may at, at that time, as, as they progress with these players, it, you know, it may be time for them to step into some roles on the corn Ferry tour or the PGA tour as well. So uh, really that's, that's our focus is, is kind of this elite level player, um, you know, catching them, just building that relationship, building that rapport, much like you do in, in coaching and recruiting uh, going all the way with them through college and, and making sure that they have smooth transitions all the way in, and hopefully into pro golf one day. And, and ultimately our job is to, to have the next, to find the next Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. And, um, you know, those be guys that, that have played Titleist their entire life and, and, and want to be in Titleist for till the end of their career. For sure. Would you say that that's probably Titleist, as a whole, that's their biggest marketing push is like, let's get, and in around, there's a reason I asked is like, let's get players playing our stuff early. And and you guys are really the only ones that I see doing that. Um, because I, I caddied on the forum tour event here in Auburn. And like when you, uh, when you open like the PGA tour app and it's a Titleist athlete, it's right beside all their, all their scores. It's Titleist, Titleist, Titleist. Every one of them are Titleist. So it's like, Clearly, and, and there's not many other guys that are that are playing other stuff. Everybody's playing Tyler stuff, so you don't see a whole lot of like Vokey TV commercials or Scotty Cameron TV commercials or, or things like that. You mainly see you mainly your main marketing is from like tour guys that are that are playing it. They're wearing the hats. They're wearing the balls. Uh, Titleist has won X amount of majors. Uh, yes. This kind of stuff. It seems like. 
um, you guys kind of pioneered this, this marketing model and it's, it's just kind of, uh, I'm a marketing guy. So, uh, it, it really intrigues me of how that whole setup works. Am, am I kind of close there? Is it- and, and, and being relatively new, I probably can't speak on all the inner workings of, of some of these, you know, it's, it's a, it's a massive company and, and a lot of people contribute to it being exceptional. And it's been fantastic for, for a lot of years. Um, it, but you're right. Uh, the the product itself, you know, our design team that that, that puts the technology together, R and D, does an incredible job that makes my life a lot easier. And then the service ourselves, whether that is myself servicing the college players now, or, or even our local sales reps, just making sure our golf shops throughout the country have what they need. It looks professional. Um, it, it accommodates the members that they have there um, and, and, you know, the education to those members is there on the golf ball or whatever it may be so that they can see improvements in their game by using our equipment. And, and I think it's, it's been so good that we haven't had to do a lot of, um, you know, we're not going to cover up the telecast with, with commercials. Um, I, I think people that, that give us a shot, realize how good our stuff is top to bottom. And um, you know, just the, the taking care of everybody kind of doing their job and taking care of everybody on a service standpoint, if our R and D continues to build great stuff and, and, you know, the golf ball's got so many patents on it, it's, it's hard for anybody to catch it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. that good. Um, then, you know, we're just going to, we don't have to really reinvent the wheel. Let's keep doing what we've been doing and do it at a high level and, and, and march on. Love it. Love it. What all did you, um, cause we were talking, I mean, I know you got that phone call, but, as I, I, I was talking to Kyle a little bit before you jumped on the call, I mean, you had the title of associate head coach and a lot of times at the collegiate level, whether that's in, uh, cause I worked close at one point in time with a volleyball team and with even the softball team at Auburn. Anytime you get that title, use that next step is either you're getting a phone call from another college to be a head coach or the current head coach is moving on and you're taking that slot. Cause you got that word associate. Um, did you struggle with that at all going, do I want to yeah. stay in collegiate golf and be a head coach or do I want to go down this route? Cause I mean, you're still getting to work. It sounds like with collegiate players, which yeah. I'm sure the coaching experience helps you with that because they probably trust you to come in and visit with their players since you've been around young men and women the entire time uh, with your career. So what was, walk us through that struggle a little bit and do I do this? Do I not do this? That, hey, you, you nailed it. And that, that wasn't just, one or two nights of, 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 you know, sleep deprivation, but, uh, that was, <laughs> I, I chewed on that one for a while. And, um, you know, and obviously knowing that, that it would also come with a relocation that was, that was challenging too. My wife and I absolutely loved it in Auburn, uh, loved the community there, loved everything about it. Um, but it, it was, it was difficult. And, and yeah, I, I'll say this too. Um, Auburn is, is, it was a, a fantastic place and an unbelievable athletic department. And you don't just leave. This is where we're a little bit different, maybe on the golf side. And you, and you don't see it maybe with the footballs and basketball. You don't just leave even being an assistant associate head coach um, for any job, even head jobs. Um, because sometimes you're already in a better scenario as the assistant at Auburn than you are as a head coach at, at some other school that, that maybe you see the football and basketball paths take a little bit more. 
So yeah. already that that narrows the field of where you would be willing to leave Auburn for, especially when when you and your your family love it, right? So um, those jobs that that would have an interest to leave Auburn for, those are the same jobs that people have them. They want to retire in that job, right? And if that job were to open up. It, there's going to be a, a, a mass amount of people that want that job as well. Very qualified people, the best of the best. Um, so, uh, you know, no guarantees and no doubt that as, um, as time would have gone on, I have no doubt that I would have gotten a, a head coaching job. Nick in Auburn put me in a, in a great spot to, to be able to do that. Uh, it just really came down to this job kind of, I'll say kind of coming out of left field a little bit for me, but as I, as I continued to think about it, I knew they were going to hire somebody for the position. And the more I thought about everything that's in my skill set, I thought it applied really well. And I thought if I don't take it, I may, I may regret it a couple of years down the road that I didn't jump on this opportunity and, and do something a, a little bit different. Um, you know, there's, there's so many things that are the same. Um, however, you go from where you feel like you're pretty good at what you do to being the new guy. That's a, that's a little bit humbling as well, sure. but, uh, I, you know, I don't have any regrets on it. I, I missed some of the, like I told you earlier, the, the van rides and some things, but, um, I'm pleased with how much interaction I still have with the players. And, you know, I still, I still text with Yvonne weekly, um, Grayson Huff, some of those guys that I had a lot of time with. Um, I actually just ran into former player, uh, Matt Gilchrist. Uh, on the range yesterday when I was down visiting with SMU and, and gave him a, a couple big hugs. And um, so it, to, to still have that network, it's, it's, you know, those relationships have a lot of value to me and I'm still able to kind of maintain those in what I'm doing now. Gotcha. You're talking about, uh, you know, making a change, this, that, and the other. And, um, you know, you guys have made a living, Tyler's made a living off of finding that next up and coming, uh, you know, tour golfer. And uh, we're hoping that maybe, um we can look at maybe helping find that next up and coming uh, daily golf yes. podcast, podcast. Yep. sponsor. Uh, the, the only Mark daily Absolutely. podcast out there. <laughs> yeah, it, we. I think we qualify for the next generation program. <laughs> we could be the next generation. <laughs> yeah. We're the next, next generation, generation podcast yeah. crew. Yeah, I can, yeah. I'm gonna run with that. I got. I gotta. I gotta work up the ladder here. And but uh, when I find the right opening. I know exactly who to plug in there. Maybe just, just right. like somebody did for me along the way. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm for sale. And I'm there are hoping- so many butterflies in our stomach right now. When you I have said, that I, I've told so many people, I was like, we can be bought. Like there's, there's not yeah, an issue with that. That's and and we'll, we'll make sure Ben wears the hat sales meeting or not. We'll, uh, we'll work on yeah, that. Hat hair. We, uh, we got to throw that out. That's, yeah, you're, right. you're under sure. contract. Yeah. That's right. So. That's right. That's awesome. Corey, dude, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, man. This, this has been awesome. We really appreciate this. Um, it's pretty much exactly what, what we're looking for. These, these kind of stories and, and learning these types of journeys, that's what we're looking for. And that's what we want to be a part of and be, be friends with guys like you. And so you can help educate us along the road and, uh, make us better, hopefully. So, um, uh, t- this has been fun. This is episode 36 of the mm-hmm. dad bod golf pod. Um, and you guys are shooting up, shooting up the poles. Shooting so up the charts, mate. We're shooting up yeah. the charts. We uh, we got to keep the uh, <laughs> we got to keep the momentum going. So, um, yeah. follow us on social media. Um, yep. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Dadbot Golf Pod. Seen Corey throw a retweet out there every time, a, a, a yeah. time or two. So, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll be able to watch this video on YouTube um, and see Corey's awesome. Uh, uh, flag. Barely dad bod. 
barely awesome flag from the open that he got to go to with you know uh, we covered that before we actually started recording i mean that that was a that was a pretty cool experience what a great week that was where you're over there and then uh, yeah and then a little bit later on yeah i went to carnucci with yvonne and he signed the flag back there and um sick you know just this this game just can give you so much and so for all the listeners out there just hey i i look forward for you to your your Saturday game and getting out and having some fun and just continuing to 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 love this game that, that we all do. So I appreciate Absolutely. you guys having me on and uh, I love talking talking shop anytime. So appreciate it. Let's do it again we'll, soon, man. Yeah, next time we get you on. Now we got you good and loose. We'll get you to throw a couple of people under the bus and we'll get some real good stories out of you and see if we can. Yeah. Uh, since Yovan's throwing you under the bus about throw, throwing uh, eighty-five yard water balls out there at seventeen, <laughs> we'll, I'm sure I'm sure you got some things that you can tattle on him a little bit about next time around. Uh, I've got I've got plenty on on most of them. So <laughs> yes. Yes. Whether they know it or not, so I probably I probably know a little bit more than they think I do. But uh, <laughs> nice, uh, appreciate you guys, and and yeah, look forward to uh, you know uh, an encore at some point. We'll catch up and, and see how everything's going. So appreciate you Love guys. Thanks, tell uh, tell tell Miss Maggart that my daughter says hello and that she misses her. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> awesome. Hey, thanks, Corey. We thanks, appreciate Corey. it, man. Thanks, bud. Guys, thank you. All, All right, right, man. See you guys see. next time. See. You've been listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod, always stroking. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.